Hello listeners, and welcome back to Cobb's Corner. I am your host, Morgan Cobbs. In this episode, we will be reviewing Avengers Age of Ultron. This is the film that will set us up for the rest of the Infinity Saga. The film follows the Avengers as they have to put an end to a monster of their own making, an AI named Ultron, played by James Spader. The film introduces us to the Maximoff twins Wanda and Pietro, played by Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson, respectively and shows the return of our six original Avengers, Iron Man, Hulk, Black Widow, Thor, Hawkeye, and Captain America. Stay tuned. The film starts off inside the frame of Loki's scepter, just as the film, the first shot of the first Avengers film began inside the Tesseract. The Avengers lead a raid on the last remaining Hydra base run by Dr. Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, or just Strucker as he's referred to in this film, who we saw in the mid credit scene of Captain America the Winter Soldier. During the battle, Maximoff twins Wanda and Pietro, who volunteer for Strucker's experiments, fight alongside Hydra. Pietro has super speed and knocks down Hawkeye as he says, You didn't see that coming. Or, well, it's a question. You, you didn't see that coming? A line that will come back up later on in the film. Uh, Wanda has mind control powers, and she gives Tony Stark a false vision of the fall of the Avengers and another Chitauri army attacking the Earth like the one that attacked in New York. All of Hydra's data is captured along with Loki's scepter, and the title Avengers Age of Ultron flashes across the screen. We see the team regroup at the new Avengers Tower, which we saw teased in Captain America the Winter Soldier. Used to be Stark Tower, now it's Avengers Tower. Hawkeye is put into a tissue tissue regeneration cradle by a Korean scientist named Dr. Helen Cho. The group, mem- group mentions a going-away party for the Scepter, as the plan is for Thor to take the Scepter to the Asgard Treasure Vault in three days. The Treasure Vault is the same place where the Tesseract was taken after the Battle of New York. During the three days where the Scepter stays at Avengers Tower, Stark and Banner experiment on the Scepter looking for a way to connect the Scepter to the Ultron Artificial Intelligence Program that would give the entire world protection from any future invaders from space. The day of the party rolls around, and Jarvis tells Stark to go prepare for his guests while he continues to run tests on the Scepter. One of the tests is successful, and Ultron is born. Ultron realizes that he is a program, and he is in distress as he is greeted by Jarvis. After recalling Stark's line earlier in the film about peace in our time, he gets a 10-second crash course in the history of war and peace on Earth. Everything from World Wars 1 and 2 to Bosnia to Vietnam to the Iranian hostage crisis. He also speed-reads the Bible from Genesis to Revelations without any real-world context to understand the... without, without actually living in order to understand the context behind the scriptures, and concludes that the only way to save humanity is to destroy them. Uh, He then destroys Jarvis out of anger, and we cut to the party that's going on outside the lab. We see all six Avengers dressed casually, just hanging out. We also see appearances from War Machine, Falcon, uh, former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Maria Hill, and even Stan Lee as a World War II veteran, a nod to the fact that Stan Lee did serve in the military during World War II. It was nice to see all the Avengers just laughing and having a good time with each other, 
they even had a contest to see who could lift Mjolnir other than Thor. Their kickback is interrupted by Ultron as he takes the form of an Iron Legion drone and attacks the Avengers, leaving a huge mess and lots of interior damage in Avengers Tower. The team regroups, and Tony gives a whole speech on how the Earth will require protection from an incoming army from space one day. He even asks the team how else they were planning on fighting an incoming army. Rogers responds, together. Tony then replies with, we'll lose, to which Rogers says, then we'll do that together too. We see Ultron in a newly assembled body in Sokovia, the country where the last Hydra base was located, and he's approached by the Maximoff twins, and he explains to them how only they can tear the Avengers apart. We then cut back to Avengers Tower as the group goes through the paper archives that they have, and Tony realize, recognizes Ulysses Claw, an arms dealer who operates off of the African coast, as he has a brand on his neck, which they realize says thief in a less friendly way. They find out that the brand is in an African dialect called Wakandan. This is the first mention of the country Wakanda, which is a country where vibranium, the strongest metal on Earth, and the metal that Captain America's shield is made out of is from. Claw is approached by Ultron and the Maximovs in South Africa as they obtain stolen Wakandan vibranium to build a better body for Ultron. After being compared to Tony Stark, Ultron slices off one of Claw's arms out of, ra out of rage, another, odd to, another nod to Empire Strikes Back. Um, yeah, the, the deal is interrupted by the Avengers, who end up fighting Ultron, the arms dealers, and the Maximovs. Banner is still in the Quinjet during all this, and Iron Man and Ultron take the fight outside. Wanda gives false visions to Captain America, Black Widow, and Thor, trapping them all in a trance. She attempts to control Hawkeye, but instead ends up being electrocuted by one of his arrows, as he says, I tried the whole mind control thing, not a fan. Referring to how he was put under the mind, under mind control by Loki in The Avengers. Wanda goes outside and is able to mind control the Hulk, which sends him on a rampage through Johannesburg, resulting in Iron Man using the Mark 44 Hulkbuster armor to stop the Hulk. Iron Man also calls in Veronica, which is a callback to the Archie comics. Like, if you remember from The Incredible Hulk, the love interest from that movie, her name was Betty. And essentially, I guess for those of you who watch Riverdale, or for those of you who are familiar with the Archie comics, there's... Betty Cooper and uh, Veronica Lodge and the main character Archie was always kind of torn between Betty and Veronica so naming her Veronica is like a Archie Comics MCU deep cut within a deep cut <laughs> so and Veronica is essentially a safety guard program that he had which can be deployed anywhere on earth at any time to subdue the Hulk the battle ends with Iron Man collapsing an entire building onto the Hulk and everyone escaping on the Quinjet. Hawkeye flies the team to his safe house on a farm. It's realized that Barton has had a secret family this whole time. He has a wife, a son and a daughter, and another son on the way. After meeting the Barton family, Thor leaves in search of answers from his hallucination vision during the battle in Johannesburg. The team regroups and after a brief argument between Steve and Tony about how Ultron was supposed to quote, end the team, to which Steve responds, every time someone tries to win a war before it starts, innocent people die. Every time. You know, we're starting to see more and more tension between Tony and Steve. More and more, they begin to grow further and further apart. There's more and more tension with each uh, film, and, you know, Steve understandably doesn't 
really trust the government after Captain America the Winter Soldier. So Tony's then approached by Nick Fury, who rallies the team together and says how his sources say that there is someone or something that is stopping Ultron from gaining access to the world's nuclear launch codes. They also realize that Ultron is at Dr. Cho's lab in Seoul, South Korea, and he is using the lab to 3D print tissue for his new, better, final form. He then strikes Loki's scepter to reveal the Mind Stone, one of the six Infinity Stones, to be housed inside. After playing the after placing the Mind Stone inside of the cradle, uh, Wanda realizes that Ultron's plan is to wipe out all of humanity and just start over. After realizing this, Wanda and Pietro betray Ultron and free Dr. Cho from the mind control. Ultron takes the Generation Cradle onto a moving truck where he is stopped by Black Widow, Hawkeye, and Captain America. With the help of Wanda and Pietro, they are able to take the Cradle to Avengers Tower, where it is to be studied by Banner and Stark. Meanwhile, Thor finds Dr. Eric Selvig at a university in somewhere in Europe and asks him to lead him to mystical waters in order to explain his vision that he had earlier. After having an encounter in the waters, he realizes that Loki's scepter houses the Mind Stone and that the Mind Stone is the key to defeating Ultron. We also see the Tesseract as the Space Stone, the Aether as the Reality Stone, and the Orb as the Power Stone although the Tesseract and the Aether are not explicitly stated as the Space and Mind Stone, respectively. Uh, they're explicitly, explicitly stated in uh, future films, but I figured I'd just let everyone know. And if you remember from our last film, Guardians of the Galaxy, that the Orb had housed the Power Stone. So, those are the four Infinity Stones that we've been introduced to so far. Back at Avengers Tower, uh, Tony Stark realizes that their ally that they had in the internet was none other than Jarvis Jarvis himself. When Ultron quote-unquote destroyed Jarvis, Jarvis dumped his code and scattered it throughout the internet but never got rid of his protocols. Stark planned to upload Jarvis's programming, the, 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 the Jarvis program, into the Generation Cradle. Stark is stopped by Captain America, along with Wanda and Pietro, as they don't want to see Tony create yet another AI killer robot. All of a sudden, Thor flies in, and with his lightning, is able to supercharge the cradle, inadvertently creating Vision. Vision is an android with a combination of some of the Mind Stone, Jarvis, Ultron, Stark, and Banner, all working together. Vision explains how he is on the side of life, and that he will help them defeat Ultron. Uh, after Vision effortlessly lifts Thor's hammer, the, the team suits up and heads for Sokovia. The team arrives in Sokovia and does their best to evacuate everyone from the city and stop the robotic army. After a quick pep, pep talk from Hawkeye, Wanda is able to fully commit to fighting Ultron. You know, he, he says, <laughs> and one of the lines is, look, it doesn't matter who, whose, fault is it, whose, whose fault it is, okay? I know, none of this makes sense. Alright, look, look. The city is flying, we're fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> You know, so it's like you stay here. I'll tell your brother to come find you. You know, you're good. I'll tell your brother to come find you. But you walk out that door, you are an Avenger. Uh, so that's Hawkeye's uh, pep talk. And so Wanda's able to fully commit to fighting Ultron, despite the fact that she played a hand in his creation. Nick Fury, along with the other former Shield members who weren't members of Hydra, they fly an old Shield helicarrier that still has the turbines, 
that we saw in the first Avengers film, up to Sokovia, and Pietro asks, this is S.H.I.E.L.D., and Steve responds, this is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to be. They're able to evacuate everyone from the city as it crumbles down. We get a really great tracking shot of all the Avengers, including Wanda and Pietro, working together to fight off Ultron's army of robots. We even see War Machine join the party. As the city flies higher and higher, the impact radius gets larger and larger. Thor and Iron Man are able to blow up the city by overloading Ultron's weapon at the church in the center of the city. The majority of the citizens were evacuated. Even Hawkeye went back to rescue a little boy who got stranded in the market. And then his life is saved by Pietro blocking all the bullets from Ultron in, in the Quinjet. And Pietro's last words are, You didn't see that coming. A direct callback to his first line of dialogue in the opening battle as he hit Hawkeye. Everyone escapes, the city is blown up, and Vision finds the last Ultron drone and blows him up, seemingly destroying Ultron. Uh, there's a ton of theories out there that Ultron could still be alive because, um, well, you know, me personally, I'm a mechanical engineering student at the University of Bridgeport, and I've taken like one or two coding classes throughout my uh, schooling, and I've heard that the problem with code is once it's created, it's impossible to be destroyed. It's like it's impossible to truly like get rid of a program. You can only really like dump the code and like scatter it around the internet. But once it's created, it's kind of just there forever, seemingly. So who knows? Ultron's consciousness could pieces of Ultron's consciousness could still be somewhere out there in the internet. Who knows? We might see Ultron in a future film. The film ends with the Avengers moving to a new facility in upstate New York. We see Dr. Eric Selvig, Doctors Eric Selvig and Helen Cho, Maria Hill and Nick Fury. Uh, they're all working at this new Avengers facility. Uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, he takes a temporary leave of absence from the Avengers. You know, I mean, he did create Ultron. I mean, after all, he did create Ultron, so he kind of takes a, a short little sabbatical from Avenging. Uh, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, he retires from the Avengers. This is this is his last job, his last mission. He retires from the Avengers to be with his family on his Missouri farm. We even see a video of his son, Nathaniel Pietro Barton, uh, during the closing minutes. Um, after the appearance of the Mind Stone, Thor mentions how it's the fourth Infinity Stone to show up in the last three years. Some puppet master somewhere in the universe has to be manipulating these events, and something big is on the horizon. So he flies off into space to hunt for the Infinity Stones. Hulk didn't make it back after the Battle of Sokovia. Instead, Hulk took over Banner's body and just flew out into outer space. Um, we don't really know where uh, Hulk is. You know, we, we, we might see him in a future film. Who knows? Uh, again, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, Captain America and Black Widow are the only two original Avengers who stay active after the battle. We see four new members join the team. We see Air Force Colonel James Rhodey Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, Vision, and Wanda Maximoff. They all join. And Cap tells the four of them, Avengers! And then just as he's about to say something else, the credits roll. There's only one post credit scene, and it's a mid credit scene where we see Thanos, who we were formally introduced to in the last film, Guardians of the Galaxy, 
grabs his Infinity Gauntlet and says, Fine, I'll do it myself. This movie followed the common trope of artificial intelligence movies like Terminator, Ex Machina, iRobot, AI, the artificial intelligence, and even The Incredibles. In these movies, we see AI take over humanity or come to the conclusion that humans are the biggest threat to life on Earth, and the only solution is their extinction. This film definitely recycled that same sci-fi theme of AI or robots eventually taking over the world. The film deals with the effects of Captain America the Winter Soldier in that S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer a factor and the Avengers have no S.H.I.E.L.D. oversight or guidance into their AI research. They all pretty much become, you know, free agents. They're left to their own devices to pretty much do whatever. Sokovia was a man-made disaster. The Avengers had to fight Ultron and his army of drones even though they were the ones who created Ultron in the first place. We will see the true ramifications of this man-made disaster, the Battle of New York, and even the Triskelion mess left behind in Washington, D.C. after Captain America the Winter Soldier is all going to come to a head in a future film. The film doubles as both the culmination of Phase 2 of the Infinity Saga as well as Act 1 of a three-act story that will be told over the next two Avengers films. You know, Avengers Age of Ultron and then Avengers 3 and 4. We will see the return of both the Avengers as well as Thanos in future films. I personally feel like this movie sets up the MCU in overlooked and unappreciated ways. The Avengers now know about the six Infinity Stones, and they now have a new roster going forward in the MCU. Uh, this film shows a turning point for the Avengers going forward. Uh, let me know what you guys thought of Avengers Age of Ultron and where it ranks for you in your MCU lineup. Our next film is Ant-Man, and it will close out Phase 2 of the MCU. We are going to be introduced to Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, uh, Dr. Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, and Pym's daughter, Hope Van Dyme, played by Evangeline Lilly, as they use shrinking technology to stop Hank Pym's former protege, Darren Cross, played by Corey Stahl, from using the same technology for evil. Be sure to follow Cobb's Corner on Instagram, at Cobbs underscore corner underscore podcast and on Twitter at Cobbs underscore corner. Follow me on Instagram at future underscore mechanical underscore engineer. If you like this review, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from and be sure to turn on post notifications because I drop a new episode every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern time and you don't want to miss out. I will talk to all of you in the next episode. Peace.